There's nothing worse than when you're trying to uh, spread butter on a piece of bread and the butter is so cold that you can't do it. It's the first thing you do in the morning and it's you've just ruined it. Yeah, and when the butter's really cold, you no, you push to try and make it happen and you poke a hole in your bread. You destroy your bread, you ruin your breakfast, and you ruin your day. You destroy your life. Everything is over. But you don't have to just check out and say goodbye to your mortal coil. We have a solution. All you need is a cheese grater. And what you do is... Uh, what you do with cheese. You just do it with butter. And then you get these nice little butter shreds. We're going to do it right now. So we're taking the butter, we're holding it, and you just grate the butter over the bread. And I apologize that uh, butter being butter doesn't actually make for the best sound effects. So actually, maybe we should just put something else in here. Maybe some, yeah, some jingle bells. You can hardly hear the butter. Here's the sound of a piece of, of wood being cut by a circular saw. Yeah, here's a tiger. Here's a newborn baby. And uh, it, it's done. You get this nice little shredded butter on your toast. It's spread out evenly. You can even move it around. Your life is saved. This is How to Do Everything. I'm Ian. And I'm Mike. On today's show, we'll tell you how to grab some cheese while running down a hill. But first, we've been reading a lot about exorcisms lately. Yeah, there was a story that in Romania, this guy said demons were the ones who were farting in his house, and he wanted them exorcised. It's a good person to blame if you don't have a dog. Right. More traditionally, the Pope was seen exorcising a man visiting the Vatican from Mexico. Allegedly. Joining us now to talk about this is Father Gary Thomas. He's a Catholic priest and exorcist in California. His story inspired the Anthony Hopkins movie, The Right. So, Father Gary, how does someone get to you when they need help? How do you find out about uh, someone in need of an exorcism? There's a variety of ways that people contact me. Sometimes I will be contacted through our diocese, through our vicar general. Because of the book and the movie, I oftentimes get contacted through um, the Internet or a phone call. And so I will meet with them uh, after I answer some of their questions, at least on the phone. And um, after some prayer, short prayer, then I begin to ask them a battery of questions about their background, their life, and then um, then I will pray deliverance prayer over them, with them. And part of the deliverance prayer is part of the discernment, because really the questions are really a discernment of, you know, have they had any doors, any doorways or portals that may have allowed something of the preternatural realm, the, 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 the spiritual realm of the angels, to, which is the demons in this case, you know, to somehow attach them, themselves to this person. Right. So you have, to, you have to tease out, and you've got to you've got to be able to figure out is this a natural issue or is this a preternatural issue? And until you can really rule out the natural, you can't go to the other. Again, this is this is our our faith in terms of our Catholic faith. Right, right. Christians would believe the same. So, the last thing an exorcist ever does. Is, an act, is a formal exorcism, the kind of exorcism you might think of in Ho- when you're thinking of Hollywood. Okay, and so then, at what point then are you? do you make the decision like, this is, we need to go all out on this one? It would be after a protracted period of time where we've tried deliverance prayer, 
and either deliverance prayer has worked but not sufficiently, or we feel like it, it needs more than just deliverance prayer. Well, can I ask, what are the symptoms that lead you to that? Sure. Uh, the, what are the signs? Yeah. Sure. There's about six. One would be an aversion to the sacred. So, for example, people may walk into a church, or sometimes they'll even walk into the parlor where I'm going to meet with them, and they will react very severely. They will, um, uh, they will begin experiencing a panic attack. Their, their eyes will roll, um, which is uh, a sign. It's not them rolling their eyes. It's the demon, if there is a demon there. It, it could be uh, they begin to uh, vomit, dry heaves, which could be a sign of deliverance that something is leaving. It could be they curl up and roll up into a fetal position and kind of take on a snake-like appearance. Can I ask, in, in the movie The Exorcist, they, uh, he throws uh, water or holy water right. at, at uh, her when she's possessed and it, right. it burns. Is that, does that yeah. fit under the aversion? And Have you experienced anything like that? Yes, I have. Holy water, crucifix, rosary beads, those are all called sacramentals. Okay. Which means that they point to the sacred. So, sure, and whenever I start prayer with anybody under that, in that kind of umbrella, I always begin by blessing them with holy water and myself and everybody in the room. So, if it burns, that's a sign that there is something demonic there. Wow. Well, is there any other circumstance under which that stuff would burn? Not really. Right. That's why you have them, ta- that's why you have them checked out. Um, that's why I have a doctor on the team. I've sent people to him sometimes and says, you know, give this person a complete physical and see if, 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 there's, if there's anything other than a physiological answer to some of these issues. And, and you never, even when those signs start showing up, like person will, you start praying over them and they start speaking in a language they have no competency in. They'll start speaking in Russian or Spanish or Greek or Latin or whatever. Um, or they'll... They'll, they'll begin to show kind of a strength that they don't normally possess. Really? Oh, absolutely. Well, so absolutely. You, you've been in a situation where someone starts, they exhibit incredible strength? Absolutely. There's a man I'm going to be exercising in two weeks. We've been working with him for two years. We have five men holding him down. Wow. Or I'd probably be dead because the demons will kill. That's incredible. It is incredible. And if I hadn't seen it with my own two eyes, I would probably be much more hmm, reticent about... Are those things for real? I think I wonder if you could maybe just w- walk us through um, an exorcism, a formal exorcism that you've done, and uh, sort of the things you're doing, and then the sure. reaction you're getting from from the sure. possessed person. Sure. Okay. First of all, uh, when the prayer team assembles, we usually get there before the the person is is coming themselves, and we put out the blessed sacrament, the Eucharist. We put that on the altar. We also put relics on the altar. And we anoint, we seal all the doors in the church before we start, so that anything that does try and jump can't go anywhere except to the foot of the cross, which we command that it does go to the foot of the cross and be bound there. Then we pray a whole set of protection prayers when the person arrives, telling the demons what they can and cannot do, where they can and cannot go. And then there are prayers that are directly addressed to the demon, and including in those prayers is you want the demon's name. And because once the demon exposes or divulges its name, it begins to lose its power. And so you continue to pray those same direct prayers over and over and over again until such time as you feel, A, the person has been delivered or freed from the demonic, or at times it just you can only go so long because 
everyone's tired. And, and, and that's basically the ritual. Okay. And as you're going through this, what what are you witnessing in the possessed person? What? Okay. Yeah. You would be you would be witnessing. Uh, first of all, um, you would be witnessing uh, uh, sometimes um, uh, dry heaves, uh, vomiting, which is a sign of deliverance that the demon is the demon is is leaving. Demons enter through the senses. They enter through the eyes, the ears, the mouth, the nose. Um, so usually the deliverances, if there are deliverances going on, they will begin to happen usually by kind of a dry heaves, coughing, an incessant coughing that leads to kind of what we call foaming at the mouth. So when you're doing this, one of the things you said you do is you, you identify the demon by getting them to say their name. Correct. Have you ever encountered the same demon twice? Um, I haven't, per se, but others have told me they've encountered the na- a demon whose name is identical to the one I've delivered. Because when you bind them, sometimes they're bound for a time. Now, I don't know why, when you bind them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to the, to the cross, why that won't bind them permanently. Is that what you're trying to do every time? You're trying to weaken the demon to get it out of the body? Absolutely. Drive it towards the cross where it's yes. basically trapped so it can't get in anyone else? Absolutely. You just don't send it away. You have to send it someplace directly. Would and you... I have to be very specific, um, because the demons are legalists. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense, actually, that a lot of, there are a lot of demon lawyers. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't surprise me if a few of them don't have attachments. <laughs> well, Father Gary, this has been totally fascinating. Thank Hi. you. Thank you for your time. All righty. God bless. Right, bye-bye. That sound you hear is the 2013 Gloucester Cheese Rolling Competition. Now, if you haven't seen this, uh, actually, just pause the podcast right now. Go to YouTube and uh, Google Gloucester Cheese Rolling Competition and watch the horror. So you're probably back now after having watched that, and you watch hundreds of people hurling their bodies down a very steep hill in England, chasing a wheel of cheese. It's a tradition that goes back hundreds of years in England, and this year, we're proud to say that an American won the race. Kenny Ackers joins us now. Kenny, congratulations. Well, thank you very much. I'm uh, honored to uh, have represented America and and brought the cheese back. I I mean, I I watch this every year, and, and... it's you just there must be just tons of broken bones because it's so steep people are moving so fast yeah definitely um it's, it's definitely a, a very dangerous race and unfortunately there was i know at least one person that broke their leg this year oh. and um had to be carted off by ambulance well why don't uh why don't from the top of the hill to the bottom you give us the play-by-play of your race oh um the hard thing was getting there early and getting lined up and just packed in like cattle up on the hill waiting to get to be able to go. And um, my idea I think, was just to get out in front of everyone, avoid the tumbles because there were just tons of people falling all over the place. And I realized, I, watching the video, I didn't I didn't know that my first fall was just kind of a, I kind of slid and probably slid 10 or 15 feet um, on my butt and um, jumped right back up, finished through the line and... Um, fell right at the end and knocked the wind out of me pretty good, and it took me a little while to get up. I was staggering a little bit and hurting, but um, I knew that I had won, 
and it was easy to to jump up after about thirty seconds and, and grab my prize. Wait, so was, from uh, so from start to finish, how long is it? Yeah, it's about it's about a hundred yards, and it took about ten seconds. So uh, you ended up winning uh, cheese. How, how much cheese did you win? It's a block, uh, a wheel, a giant wheel of cheese that's um, it weighs about probably eight or nine pounds. And, and how mu- have you finished it yet? No, I'm actually um, going to have a big party for all my uh, supporters and everyone that helped me, and, and we're going to have a big uh, cheese celebration party. <laughs> so I haven't tasted it, and I've, I've never... The cheese type is double Gloucester. It's made right there in the town, and I've, I've never tasted that type of cheese and because um, it is unique to that area. And I said the only way that I would taste it would be winning it and um, bringing it back to the U.S. Is this the same cheese that they roll down the hill? Um, in the past years, it has been, but because of the dangers... Um, the cheese actually can reach the old cheese that weighs nine pounds can reach speeds of seventy miles per hour and it has <laughs> knocked people out down the hill just spectators because wow. there's there's between three and five thousand or ten thousand spectators every year. So this year, um, for safety reasons, they rolled a foam wheel of cheese and then as soon as I crossed the finish line, they handed me the real cheese. Wow. Well, congratulations, Kenny. This is a great honor, uh, not only for you but for all of America. Thanks so much. We got an email from Tim, and Tim says he listens to this podcast uh, when uh, as he is hiking the Appalachian Trail. That's a long trail. Yeah. These are short podcasts. Yeah. Tim, these next 15 seconds are for you. Almost heaven. Watch out for that root, Tim. You don't want to don't want to turn an ankle. This is gorp eating music. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Mm. It's like like I just gnaw down, fill up your mouth with some salty gorp. Yeah, you can put it right in my gorp hole. Hey, Cookie, you making gorp? Who's Cookie? He's Tim's friend. Okay. We are still collecting your Toilets of the Week. Get your nominations to howto at npr.org. Joining us now is Peter. He's the manager at the Marvel Bar in Minneapolis. Hey, Peter, tell us about your toilet. All right. Well, I mean, I don't know. This this one's definitely a little bit for the men, but okay. two urinals, both of which have a, a, a pretty substantial like clear plexiglass plate kind of angled so that your feet can fit under there, but nothing else can get through. So if you're wearing sandals or or, you know, shoes without socks, say, in the summer, your, your risk of noticing your, your splashing is, is greatly increased. So, so if, if I'm going to understand this right, there's basically, like, bolted to the wall at, at my feet, at the urinal, there's a little umbrella to cover my feet from any splash that might happen. Totally. Yeah, it's like an inverted sneeze guard for your pee. Yeah, I mean, like, your feet are the salad bar. Well, congratulations, Peter. You have this week's Toilet of the Week. All right. That does it for this week's show. What we learned today, Mike? I learned that uh, Americans finally have conquered the one sport that we were built for, chasing food. Yeah, getting cheese. Cheese is a funny prize, though, when it comes down to it. Yeah. Like, you have gold for first place, silver, second place, bronze, third place, 
Do you think if the Olympics went four deep, would it then be a cheese medal? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, or the, the classic uh, laurel wreath around mm-hmm. your head if it was just a cheese hoop. Or maybe just the yeah. cheese hat. They just spray some easy cheese in a ring on your forehead. Yeah, that's the stuff of champions. Yeah, congratulations. I think it might be a fun joke to play on somebody to get some holy water, boil it, and then go, I'm going to see if you're a demon, <laughs> and then put it on someone's skin. Yeah. Ah! Oh, no. Yeah. What's funny about that prank is you really have to be pretty evil to do it. Like, the guy who's pouring the boiling water on another person is the one who's probably possessed. That's probably true. Well, then then you know he's a demon. No, no. Again, then you know you're a demon. Right. He's a demon. How to Do Everything is produced by Blythe Haga with technical direction from Lorna White. Our intern this week is Nathan Jones. And let me just tell you about Nathan Jones. That guy did a monster job. You're not going to, maybe you don't hear it, maybe the show doesn't sound any different, but there is the Jones touch. Good job, Nathan. Get us your questions at howto at npr.org. And visit our website, howtodoeverything.org. I'm Ian. And I'm Mike. Demon. Ah.